Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next wonderful hour of news, entertainment, discussion, opinion. Not financial advice. I'm not a certified financial planner, but I am a local CPA who's been helping people for almost 30 years. I wanted to start off today just going over some of the, I've mentioned the new tax law affecting various people. It may affect you. It may not affect you too much. You may just have a, the average situation is you'll have a small decrease in total tax liability, but your refund might not change because the withholding has changed to go along with that or to account for that. But what I did want to do was go over some items as far as the deduction side of your taxes. There's a lot of changes, and it's probably going to affect you in one way or another. If you didn't itemize taxes, if you didn't itemize your deductions before, which before means 2017 or before, then there's a good chance you won't be itemizing now. The more normal situation with the new tax law is if you did itemize in the past, you may or may not be itemizing in 2018. I'm going to explain the changes to itemized deductions in the first portion of the show today. If it doesn't affect you, at least maybe someone you know is affected and you can help them if you learn a little bit of this. I offer free consultations, so if you need any anybody to look your numbers over, you can always give me a call. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm easy to find. I'm on Mangrove. So the first big change for the deduction side of your taxes, what's called the standard deduction has gone way up. The way it works for deducting these itemized deductions or personal deductions, because these really aren't business deductions. They're, they're the deductions that are allowed just for you as a personal person. The standard deduction is the number you have to beat with your itemized deductions or else you won't bother itemizing. That's the only way I can explain it. For single people, that was around $6,300 in 2017. And for marrieds, it was double that. It was like 12006 or something like that. The new law, the single standard deduction goes all the way up to 12000 for single people and 24000 for married couples. What I've noticed doing the 2017 income tax work that's been being done since the tax season started in about February to now when it ends in October with the last extension returns, there are a lot of people, even just in my group of clients, who are itemizers normally, but they're not going to probably itemize in 2018 because I see their total deductions come to maybe fifteen or 16000 that's more than the current standard deduction, but it's lower than next year's larger standard deduction, which is 24000 for married couples. I don't want to get too complicated or confusing. I just want to go over the sections of the itemized deductions, and I'm doing this from memory. I didn't print a form. So the first section in itemized deductions is medical expense. You tally up what you've spent on medical and health insurance. And remember, this is in case you're paying your health insurance, what they call after tax. If you work for a big company and they allow you to take your health insurance premium through your payroll, that is called a pre-tax deduction and you don't ever deduct it twice. It's already been deducted when they calculate your taxable wages under W-2. Most of the people I see lately who have medical deductions that end up being substantial enough to be helpful with their taxes are retired people paying large monthly premiums before their Medicare kicks in. So the way it works is you add up all of your medical expenses, which would be prescription medicine, health insurance premiums, most of your long-term care premiums if you pay those, and then your doctor visits and co-pays. 
that number is calculated, but it's only deductible to the extent that it exceeds, and the new law is 7.5% of your gross income. So I'll do a little math. If your gross income on the front page from your pensions and wages is $100,000, the 7.5% of that is $7,500. So if you spend $7,400 on medical during the year, you won't be using them on your deductions because you only get to deduct the part that exceeds 7.5%. If you do have a large medical, then let's say you've spent 10,005 on medical, the 7.5% is 7,500, so you get to take that excess 3,000 and you get to put that on your itemized deduction list. The next section on the itemized deduction page would be the taxes, tax deduction section. That mainly includes real estate tax, a little bit of your DMV license tax renewal that you pay every year, and your state income tax withheld on your W-2 or state income tax paid if you prepay your own taxes. That section used to go on in full to the Schedule A. The new law takes that total and it limits you to using only $10,000 total for the year. That will be hurtful to people who make a lot of money and live in a state like California or New York with a high state income tax. They might be paying ten or 20000 just in state income tax. That is now going to be limited to only deducting $10,000. That section has basically been limited for the 2018 year. Now, the section of interest is mainly for mortgage interest and also investment interest. I won't get too complicated here. If you have interest paid on a rental property or a business property, that goes on your business schedule or your rental schedule. So here on the itemized deductions, these are the personal deductions. Mortgage interest is allowed for a personal deduction on your principal residence. And in the old law, it was a million dollars of, of uh, acquisition debt plus up to 100000 of home equity debt. The new law allows you to continue the $1 million of debt that's legally deductible for interest if it's a mortgage prior to December, I believe, 15th of 2017. But any new mortgages in 2018 the dollar limit of the interest that's deductible on it is down to 750000 And there is no more home equity debt for anybody. If you have an old mortgage, your limit's a million, but the home equity 100000 appears to be gone, whether it's an old loan or a new loan. So this is going to affect people in areas where homes cost a lot of money. If you were in the Bay Area and you borrowed a million dollars for a million point two home in the Bay Area where that's not that high of a price, well, it's high, but it's not out of sight down there, you can no longer deduct interest on the whole million. If you do borrow a million, you will have to calculate your interest paid and only take 75% of that because the new law limits it to the first 750 of your debt. That's where that section is going to be limiting you. The section for casualties and thefts is a personal deduction that was allowed. If you had a large uninsured theft, you were able to list that as a deduction subject to some limitations on your itemized deductions. The new law says there is no casualty and theft deduction except for a federally declared disaster area. I do know that a lot of the recent fires this summer are going to be in federally declared disaster areas, but most of, a lot of people are going to have losses that are insured or mostly insured other than they're deductible because of their homeowner's insurance, hopefully. Just keep in mind that if you do have a real casualty where you're uninsured and you lose a ton of money or a theft, you're not going to be allowed an itemized deduction for that anymore in your taxes. 
The section for charitable contributions hasn't changed much. It's actually gotten a little better for some people, but it's a very unusual case. So I'm going to kind of figure that most people don't need to worry about those little details. Generally, the charitable contributions have not changed. After charitable contributions on itemized deductions, we have a section called miscellaneous itemized, which is mainly expenses incurred in your line of work as an employee. For instance, teachers a lot of times spend quite a bit of money on classroom supplies and things like that that they want to help their students with, and they were always allowed to use this in the miscellaneous section. That entire section has been axed by the new tax law. If you have a job where you work for wages, but you spend quite a bit of money, say with driving and using the mileage rate, you're no longer going to be able to use that section. Once you've listed all of those sections on the itemized deduction page, then you add those up. And if those are more than the standard deduction, then you use the itemized page that you just filled out. If they're less than the standard deduction, you don't bother. And you just list the standard deduction. This year, if you've normally itemized because you're married and you have 15 or 16,000 of these, you're not going to itemize next year because the new standard deduction, as I said before, is $24,000. That's why a lot of people won't be itemizing anymore. I don't want to complicate things too much by getting too technical, but I did want to fill you in on what you can look for in the new tax law that would affect most taxpayers in one way or another. An interesting feature of the new tax law that's not directly related to itemized, but it is related to your home, the sale of the principal residence rule has been changed for the longest time, I think for about over 20 years, there's been a $250,000 tax-free gain available on sales of principal residences. And you could do one of those every two years that you had to live in the house for two of the previous five years. The new law has severely restricted that. I'm just now reading up on this new law to get everything kind of squared away. It's now five out of the previous eight years under the new law. So the two-year rule is pretty much, that's just gone by the wayside. Two years is way too short now. You have to have lived in your house for five years now with the new law's new twist. That's my main overview of the new tax law. Uh, sort of related to that, I just found this article today. And you know, I'm always harping on the national debt, and I've explained what a trillion is. The headline on this article is Budget Deficit Soars to $895 billion Will Hit $1 trillion One Year Ahead of Plan. And the deficit rose $211 billion in August, nearly double the deficit gap from one year ago. Net interest on public debt jumped 25%. Defense spending jumped 10%. Uh, Social Security costs grew 5%, and Medicare benefits rose 7%. Tax receipts fell by 3%. So it looks like the new Trump tax law, which we talked about the individual side, it has provisions now for lower corporate tax. When that corporate tax gets lowered, then the government obviously starts taking in less corporate taxes. And that's another part of this deficit problem. I'm going to be coming up on that first break real soon. I want you to just pay attention to the fact that Trump is not really concerned about deficits as far as I can see. The defense spending's gone way up. The Deficit, like I just mentioned, is ballooning. It's getting bigger. It's just all the more reason to be careful with your money. The U.S. dollar has been the dollar of the currency of choice for the last 40-something years around the world. Once nations start realizing that the U.S. is just as bad as the other countries as far as how much money they've printed and how much debt they're in, 
it's not necessarily so that the confidence in the U.S. dollar is going to continue to to be there. One of my main points for you as a listener of Business Buzz is just to realize there's alternative views and you need to at least have a little bit of a different perspective than what you hear all day long on the mainstream news. I'll be right back after the break. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. Just received news that Chlorina and Sludge have been captured for impersonating spring water. Let's now go to our field reporter, Olza Wet. Once again, Bob the Drop saves the world from fake water and... Oh, here's Bob now. Bob, do you have anything to say? Well, Chlorina and Sludge from Tapopolis are the worst. Why would you want wannabe water when you can have the best tasting water delivered right to your door? Anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple. Naturally the best. Mount Shasta spring water. How are you going to get to the Sacramento airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City, Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791. Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on The Sound of Faith, mornings at 10, here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative, in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you, because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX, Chico's Christian Radio. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you have a chance to spend some time with me today. I've been doing a little bit of reading, and I've I've gone around and around and trying to get a handle on all this deficit that we're dealing with. The main thing is, is that there's just so much money flying around. It's uh, it's in the trillions now. Uh, I believe the world debt total is something like $230 trillion. And obviously this money's never going to be paid back because nobody really has it. And like I say, I just want to make sure you guys are careful with the money that you do have so you don't, so it doesn't all go up in smoke, so to speak, which is sort of, sort of uh, relevant these days with all the fires we've had this summer. Now, today is 9-11. I've, I always think it's interesting whenever it's 9-11 because I remember that morning. I remember watching the television. And I just wanted to share with you a bit of information about 9-11 and I'll let you make up your own mind. There's just so many questions around that whole situation that uh, I thought I'd share with you a an interesting article. It's actually an old article and it was actually came out in uh, March of 2003. So that would have been about a year and a half after September of 01. My main reason to do this, it's not directly related to business, but it relates to how you use your own, you use your own mind and your own, your own ideas and your own, I guess your, your power of reasoning. Part of doing business is always how to handle things, how to decide between things, how to weigh options, how to decide that it's worth a risk to do this and not to do that. 
how much it might cost if I'm wrong with my guess, things like that. That is a big part of business. I encourage people to think, really think about things and don't assume that what you hear is always 100% of the correct story. So I'm going to share some information here. And uh, now, of course, uh, as you know, I've been, re- I've well, I haven't mentioned 9-11 before, but I've been reading about this since probably since October of t- 2001 because it was interesting to me. There's still things that have never really been explained, and I'm going to just share a, a bit of that today. And the author's name is John Kaminsky, and it's from March of 2003. He he says, author's note, this story is intended for people who have accepted the official version of the 9-11 story. It should be distributed widely to the uninformed few who still believe this tragedy was engineered by Muslim terrorists. Either by incompetence or by design, George W. Bush allowed the 9-11 attacks to happen and probably was involved in the planning of them. The American people might stand by and allow him to slaughter every nation in the world, but they will not stand for it when they know he participated the mass killing of his own people. Now, that's his little prologue. So I'm just going to read on, and the, the, title of the, the title of this article, if you want to look it up yourself, is called The Official Version of 9-11 is a Hoax by John Kaminsky. So I'm just going to read some of this, and I want you to think about your power of reasoning and uh, at least, you know, get a, get a little bit of a second opinion on things and see if, see if you still agree with the way you felt before. Opposed by everyone in the world who was not bought off, the illegal invasion of Iraq was undertaken for many reasons. The imminent replacement of the dollar by the euro as the world's primary currency the tempting lure of untapped oil reserves, the desire to consolidate U.S.-Israeli military hegemony over a strategically vital region. But the most important reason was to further obscure questions about the awesome deception staged by the American government that has come to be known as 9-11. 9-11 was a hoax. This is no longer a wild conspiracy assertion. It is a fact supported by thousands of other verifiable facts, foremost of which are... The attacks of 9-11 could not have happened without the willful failure of the American defense system. In Washington, Air Force pilots demanded to fly but were ordered to stand down. Yet instead of prosecuting the president and military leaders for this unprecedented dereliction of duty, military leaders were promoted and the president was praised for presiding over a defense system that suspiciously failed the most crucial test in its history. None of the deaths would have happened without the deliberate unplugging of America's air defenses. I'll continue with this article by, written by Mr. Kaminsky. Planes that lose contact with control towers are usually intercepted by fighter jets inside of 10 minutes, as the incident with the golfer's plane a few months earlier so clearly demonstrated. I'm going to interject right here. There was a guy named Payne Stewart who's... Learjet lost cabin pressure and all the people inside were dead. The jet was still flying without a pilot. And within 10 minutes, the military was all around this jet ready to shoot it down in case it was going to land in a populated area. That's what he's talking about here. I'll get back to this article. Yet on 9-11, the jetliners that struck New York were allowed to proceed unmolested for more than a half hour and the plane that supposedly crashed in Washington was not intercepted for more than an hour and 40 minutes after it was widely known that four planes had been hijacked. The Twin Towers could not have collapsed as a result of burning jet fuel. Most of that fuel was consumed on impact. In the South Tower, most of the fuel was spilled outside the building. Heat caused by burning jet fuel does not reach temperatures needed to melt steel. What does stand out as particularly suspicious and still unexplained is that fires raged out of control beneath three of the collapsed towers for 100 days, clearly indicating the presence of some kind of substance utilized in the demolition of the structures. 
The Twin Towers did not fall because of plane impacts or fires. Most likely, explosives were placed on structural supports in the towers, as was done in Oklahoma City, and these controlled implosions snuffed out the lives of 3,000 people. FBI Director Robert Mueller, and he's been in the news lately, insisted officials had no idea this kind of attack could happen when, in fact, the FBI had been investigating the possibility of exactly this kind of attack for almost 10 years. Numerous previous attempts at using planes as weapons, intimate knowledge of terror plans called Project Bojinka, and knowledge of suspicious characters attending flight schools who were being monitored by the FBI make his utterance a clear lie on its face. In the weeks before 9-11, the U.S. received warnings from all over the world that an event just like this was about to happen, but FBI investigations into suspected terrorists were suppressed, and those warnings were deliberately disregarded. The names of the alleged hijackers, all ostensibly Muslims, were released to the public only hours after the attacks, despite Mueller saying we had no knowledge this would happen. This is an impossible twist of logic. If he didn't know of a plan to strike buildings with planes, how would he know the names of the hijackers? Various artifacts were discovered in strategic places to try to confirm the government's story, but these have all been dismissed as suspicious planting of evidence. Since that time, several names on that list have turned up alive and well, living in Arab countries. Yet no attempt has ever been made to update the list. And why were none of these names on the airline's passenger lists? Much like the invasion of Iraq, the anthrax attacks were designed to deflect attention from unanswered 9-11 questions in the patriotic pandemonium that followed the tragedy. And I'll just interject here. If you remember, about a week after this, they had these anthrax mailings to government people. So it says, in addition to making large amounts of money for the president's father, oh, that break came up quickly. Well, I hope you're enjoying this information as much as I am. Not financial advice, just entertainment. I'm reading you an entertaining article. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. Five or ten minutes in the sun is more than sufficient to create enough vitamin D to maintain good health. Maybe staying out in the sun all afternoon to get your vitamin D isn't the smartest thing in the world. It might not be a bad idea to talk to your primary care provider about getting a test to see how much vitamin D you have circulating in your body. That could tell them whether or not you might need supplementation orally, which is the American Academy of Dermatology's recommended way to supplement vitamin D. So while the professionals work out exactly how much vitamin D we need in our system, use common sense, protect if you need to, and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's the skin you're in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm having a nice 9-11 here. Uh, busy work day with deadlines coming up for 
the corporate clients and the partnership clients, their returns are due on Monday the 17th. So I wanted to keep reading. This was about those anthrax attacks that followed 9-11. In addition to making large amounts of money for the president's father and his friends from the hasty sale of inefficient drugs to a panicked populace, the investigation into these killings was abruptly halted when the trail of evidence led straight to the government's door and has not been reopened. The anthrax attacks also amped up the climate of fear and deflected attention from the passage of the government's repressive Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was presented in the days after the tragedy supposedly as a response to it, yet it was clear that this heinous act, drafted to nullify provisions provisions for freedom in the U.S. Constitution, was put together long before 9-11. In addition, testimony by Representative Ron Paul, Republican from Texas, revealed that most members of Congress were compelled to vote vote for the bill without even reading it. This was a vote to eliminate the Constitutional Bill of Rights, which has defined American freedom for 200 years, and it was accomplished when legislators legislators voted for the bill without even reading it. The invasion of Afghanistan was presented as an attempt to pursue the alleged perpetrators of 9-11, yet it had been discussed for years prior to the tragedy and actually planned in the months before the attacks on New York and Washington. Statements by Zbigniew Brzezinski and the Republican-written Project for a New American Century have stressed that America needed a formidable enemy to accomplish its aggressive geopolitical aims. The supposed enemy we attacked in Afghanistan was a diverse group of men from all over the world who were initially recruited, encouraged, and supported by the American CIA. The hole in the Pentagon was not made by a jumbo jet. Damage to the building was simply not consistent with the size of the hole nor the absence of debris. At the supposed point of impact, the whole bank of windows remained unbroken and there were no marks on the lawn. No airplane debris except what was planted on the lawn nor remains of passengers were ever found. The president has admitted that he continued to read a story to school children in a Florida school for 30 minutes after being informed that two planes had struck New York and that the nation was under attack. He has never explained this puzzling behavior, nor how he saw the first plane hit. It was never televised, only recorded by a French crew filming firemen in New York. In that film, the plane in question does not appear to be a passenger airliner. The plane in Pennsylvania was shot down and broke apart in midair. No other explanation can account for the wreckage, which was spread over a six-mile area, or the eyewitness accounts that describe debris falling from the sky. Cell phone calls cannot be made from airliners in flight that are not close to the ground. Now remember, this is 2003. This may be different now with Internet everywhere, but this is based on the old uh, technology. As research by Professor A.K. Dudney has shown, the emotional conversations between hijacked passengers and others would not have been possible under conditions that existed at that moment. These calls were cynical fabrications, exploiting the distraught emotions of those who lost loved ones. Radio communications from firefighters on the upper floors of the Trade Center towers clearly indicate that fires were under control and the structure was in no danger of collapsing. These are merely a few of the deliberately false statements made by U.S. officials about 9-11. They provide crystal clear evidence that our president, his staff, and many legislators should be indicted on charges of treason, obstruction of justice, and mass murder. Above all, these evil men should be removed from their positions of authority before they implement more of their money-making murder schemes like the one they are now perpetrating on the innocent people of Iraq. Remember, this article was written in 03. Otherwise, we face a future of endless war abroad and merciless repression at home. Consider just a few more of the other unanswered questions from among the thousands of unexplained loose ends that all point to 9-11 being an inside job. Who benefited from the suspiciously high numbers of put options purchased prior to September 11th for shares in companies whose stock prices subsequently plummeted on the supposition that whoever was behind the hijacking was also behind most of the purchases of these put options. And what was the role of the new executive director of the CIA, Buzzy Krongard, who handled these transactions? Now, I just want to mention a put option is you buy this 
when you expect the price of a stock to go down. And there was a huge amount of put options bought in the day or two before 9-11 on American Airlines. Why? And here's another question. Why was the debris from the collapsed Twin Towers removed from the site with no forensic examination? Why was almost all of it sold to scrap merchants and shipped abroad where it would not be available for scientific examination? Why does the government refuse to release any transcripts of communications or any records at all relating to signals of any form transmitted by those jets? Why did so many people from San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown to many employees of companies in the World Trade Center who failed to come to work that day know in advance that something bad was going to happen on September 11, 2001? Why do all the major U.S. media continue to act as if none of these questions is legitimate or relevant? Today, millions of people around the world are protesting the criminal destruction of the nation of Iraq. But these protests won't change the number of minds necessary to stop America's criminal madmen from continuing with their genocidal aim of enslaving the entire world. What will stop them is spreading the realization that President George W. Bush and his billionaire accomplices in the oil industry perpetrated 9-11 as an excuse to begin the militarization of America for the purpose of world conquest. History has shown all too clearly the deceived American people will support the destruction of faraway countries on phony pretexts of defending so-called freedom. Thus, the needless wars continue. Right now, we watch high-tech weapons slaughter the defenseless people of Iraq. Soon it will be Iran, Syria, Colombia, Venezuela, North Korea, Egypt, Libya, Nigeria, North Korea, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and who knows where else. All these misguided atrocities will be possible because of the hoax known as 9-11. But the American people will not and cannot tolerate leaders who kill our own people merely to invent a pretext, the war on terror, to go around killing anyone they like. If the American people do tolerate such an insane strategy, then they clearly do not deserve to survive as a nation or a people. Okay, so that was the article by John Kaminsky, and I don't know what his credentials are, but I wouldn't have shared that with you if I hadn't already read uh, lots and lots of articles and uh, publications and books even that have detailed all of the things he's mentioned in that article. That is just uh, my little tribute to 9-11 because, you know, we all have to do a tribute to 9-11. Well, we don't have to, but if we want to, I choose not to do a tribute to 9-11 based on the story of, you know, 11 dudes with box cutters. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much to read about on this. I'm not going to go into all the details that I've read. I just wanted to share that article with you because it was a kind of a good short uh, to-the-point summary of a lot of the things I've always wondered. And I'm not... I'm not here to tell you that that is the truth. I'm just telling you that there are other ways to look at things. The other thing is that when, and I've mentioned this before, when you have a media that lives on advertising from large companies and those same large companies are kind of running everything, how can you really assume that you're getting accurate news and accurate accurate commentary when it's like the old expression, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Obviously, newspapers and television networks that earn their, that earn their revenue from companies who are doing all this stuff are not going to always be fair. It's like I always said, let's just say that your largest local newspaper's advertiser is a, a giant car dealer and that car dealer just say gets caught maybe cheating on their taxes or you know selling unsafe cars without telling people you know whatever i'm i'm just making this up and i'm just saying think about this and don't don't discount what i'm saying think about the fact that let's say you have one local newspaper let's say the largest advertiser in that local newspaper is this big business and let's say this big business gets caught doing a bunch of really bad stuff. Do you think that that newspaper will be fair and balanced in their coverage of this big business's bad deeds if that big business is their major advertiser? And if they pulled out all the advertising money 
the the biz, the newspaper business might have serious damage to its bottom line. That's just my general overview of why you have to listen to alternative explanations of things. You're not going to get the full story from one side. It ne- it just never happens. You wouldn't consider my side the full story either, but you need to like I say whenever you talk about investments and I'm not a I'm not a financial planner. You have to do your own due diligence. And in the case of this type of thing, like I just read to you today on 9-11, you need to do your own due diligence if you care. If you don't really care, then don't worry about it. If you really do have doubts as to whether I'm crazy or whether the official story is crazy, you need to do your own due diligence and do some reading of your own. I pointed you to a good starting point. There's so many things to watch. Uh, YouTube has thousands and thousands of good videos that explain things about the about the 9/11 planes and all that stuff. So it's really easy to do your own due diligence, and then you can make up your own mind. You know why? Why bother? Why bother listening to me? Why bother listening to me when um, you can just read read for yourself? The good news is this week it looks like we're going to have some relief from the heat finally. I believe toward the end of the week we're going to be much lower in in overall high temperatures. So I'm looking forward to that. This is our break before the last segment. I'll be right back with Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Dickus. The recent tax reform bill has been lauded by many as being very positive for individuals and businesses. But shockingly, it includes a huge onerous tax burden laid upon churches and nonprofits called the Employee Parking Fringe Benefits Tax. This new tax will cost churches and nonprofits upwards of $1.7 billion a year. Well, Pacific Justice Institute urges all churches and nonprofits to contact their legislative representatives to support four bills that have been introduced, three in the House and one in the Senate, to rescind this unprecedented tax on churches and nonprofit institutions. The Pacific Justice Institute provides legal representation to individuals without charge. Learn more at pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm fleece on a cold I want to day. Be a football I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I got a few more minutes with you today. I'm glad you have a chance to spend part of your afternoon with me. Don't forget, if you need any kind of financial second opinions or tax questions answered, I offer a free consultation for new clients. You can call me at 895-3353. And if I'm not there when you call, it might be because I'm I'm here at KKXX broadcasting some some news and a few opinions and some entertainment. Now, my project is my book called The Miracle Business Method, and that's my 
that's the enjoyable part of my business. Well, I enjoy my business, but you know, work is work when you're when you're at the office and you have to bring in revenue. That's work, but I enjoy my my uh, my side job, my enjoyment job, which is writing and trying to teach people things that might bring them some uh, inner peace. That's my goal. So I wanted to read a little bit today from my favorite book, which is called A Course in Miracles. And a lot of the miracle business method has a lot of these basis bases in it. I want to remind you that the the goal of the book is peace of mind, and the main the main thing about the book is that it's trying to teach that the physical world is not your reality. Your reality is actually spirit and the mind. And so you need to kind of keep that in mind when I'm reading a section like this. This is a real good section because it's something you can actually put into practice. It's not just listening to words and recommendations. This is actually something that's kind of practicable. So I'm going to read part of this. It's in chapter 8. It's part 3, and it's called The Holy Encounter. Glory to God in the highest and to you because he has so willed it. Ask and it shall be given you because it has already been given. Ask for light and learn that you are light. If you want understanding and enlightenment, you will learn it because your decision to learn it is the decision to listen to the teacher who knows of light and can therefore teach it to you. There is no limit on your learning because there is no limit on your mind. There is no limit on his teaching because he was created to teach. Understanding his function perfectly, he fulfills it perfectly because that is his joy and yours. To fulfill the will of God perfectly is the only joy and peace that can be fully known because it is the only function that can be fully experienced. When this is accomplished then, there is no other experience. Yet the wish for other experience will block its accomplishment because God's will cannot be forced upon you, being an experience of total willingness. The Holy Spirit understands how to teach this, but you do not. That is why you need Him and why God gave Him to you. Only his teaching will release your will to God's, uniting it with his power and glory and establishing them as yours. You share them as God shares them because this is the natural outcome of their being. I want to point out here as a little bit of a side note, the Holy Spirit in in the meaning of the Course, as I interpret it, and I'm by no means the world's expert on this book, the Holy Spirit is the memory that we have in our mind of our original situation of being with God in spirit. So the Holy Spirit's just actually this old memory that's with us to help us. Okay, I'm going to continue. The will of the Father and of the Son are one by their extension. Their extension is the result of their oneness, holding their unity together by extending their joint will. This is perfect creation by the perfectly created in union with the perfect creator. The father must give fatherhood to his son because his own fatherhood must be extended outward. You who belong in God have the holy function of extending his fatherhood by placing no limits upon it. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to do this, for you can know what it means only of God himself. Now here's the part where you can actually put this chapter into practice. When you meet anyone, remember it is a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget this, for in him you will find yourself or lose yourself. Whenever two sons of God meet, they are given another chance at salvation. Do not leave anyone without giving salvation to him and receiving it yourself. For I am always there with you in remembrance of you. The goal of the curriculum, regardless of the teacher you choose, is know thyself. There is nothing else to seek. Everyone is looking for himself and for the power and glory he thinks he has lost. Whenever you are with anyone, you have another opportunity to find them. Your power and glory are in him because they are yours. The ego tries to find them in yourself alone because it does not know where to look. The Holy Spirit teaches you that if you look only at yourself, you cannot find yourself, 
because that is not what you are. Whenever you are with a brother, you are learning what you are because you are teaching what you are. He will respond either with pain or with joy, depending on which teacher you are following. He will be imprisoned or released according to your decision, and so will you. Never forget your responsibility to him because it is your responsibility to yourself. Give him his place in the kingdom and you will have yours. The kingdom cannot be found alone and you who are the kingdom cannot find yourself alone. To achieve the goal of the curriculum then, you cannot listen to the ego whose purpose is to defeat its own goal. The ego does not know this because it does not know anything. But you can know it and you will know it if you are willing to look at what the ego would make of you. This is your responsibility because once you have really looked at it, you will accept the atonement for yourself. Now the atonement in the course, I'm going to interject here, the atonement in the course is simply the shift in your mind to where you're removed and you're, you're observing your thoughts and you're no longer being controlled by the thoughts in your head that go on all the time. What other choice could you make? Having made this choice, you will understand why you once believed that when you met someone else, you thought he was someone else. And every holy encounter in which you enter fully will teach you this is not so. You can encounter only part of yourself because you are part of God who is everything. His power and glory are everywhere and you cannot be excluded from them. The ego teaches that your strength is in you alone. The Holy Spirit teaches that all strength is in God and therefore in you. God wills no one suffer. He does not will anyone to suffer for a wrong decision, including you. That is why he has given you the means for undoing it. Through his power and glory, all your wrong decisions are undone completely, releasing you and your brother from every imprisoning thought any part of the sonship holds. Wrong decisions have no power because they are not true. The imprisonment they seem to produce is no more true than they are. Power and glory belong to God alone. So do you. God gives whatever belongs to him because he gives of himself and everything belongs to him. Giving of yourself is the function he gave you. Fulfilling it perfectly will let you remember what you have of him. And by this you will remember also what you are in him. You cannot be powerless to do this because this is your power. Glory is God's gift to you because that is what he is. See the, this glory everywhere to remember what you are. Section 4, The Gift of Freedom If God's will for you is complete peace and joy, unless you experience only this, you must be refusing to acknowledge his will. His will does not vacillate, being changeless forever. When you are not at peace, it can only be because you do not believe you are in him. Yet he is all in all. His peace is complete and you must be included in it. His laws govern you because they govern everything. You cannot exempt yourself from his laws, although you can disobey them. Yet if you do, and only if you do, you will feel lonely and helpless because you are denying yourself everything. I am come as a light into the into a world that does deny itself everything. It does this simply by dissociating itself from everything. It is therefore an illusion of isolation maintained by fear of the same loneliness that is its illusion. I said that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is why I am the light of the world. If I am with you in the loneliness of the world, the loneliness is gone. You cannot maintain the illusion of loneliness if you are not alone. My purpose, then, is still to overcome the world. I do not attack it, but my light must dispel it because of what it is. Light does not attack darkness, but it does shine it away. If my light goes with you everywhere, you shine it away with me. The light becomes ours, and you cannot abide in darkness any more than darkness can abide wherever you go. The remembrance of me is the remembrance of yourself and of him who sent me to you. You were in darkness until God's will was done completely by any part of the sonship. When this was done, it was perfectly accomplished by all. How else could it be perfectly accomplished? My mission was simply to unite the will of the sonship with the will of the Father, 
by being aware of the Father's will myself. This is the awareness I came to give you, and your problem in accepting it is the problem of this world. Dispelling it is salvation, and in this sense, I am the salvation of the world. The world must therefore despise and reject me, because the world is the belief that love is impossible. If you will accept the fact that I am with you, you are denying the world and accepting God. My will is His, and your decision to hear me is the decision to hear His voice and abide in His will. As God sent me to you, so will I send you to others. And I will go to them with you, so we can teach them peace and union. Do you not think the world needs peace as much as you do? Do you not want to give it to the world as much as you want to receive it? For unless you do, you will not receive it. If you want to have it of me, you must give it. Healing does not come from anyone else. You must accept guidance from within. The guidance must be what you want or it will be meaningless to you. That is why healing is a, is a collaborative venture. I can tell you what to do, but you must collaborate by believing that I know what you should do. Only then will your mind choose to follow me. Without this choice, you could not be healed because you would have decided against healing and this rejection of my decision for you makes healing impossible. Healing reflects our joint will. This is obvious when you consider what healing is for. Healing is the way in which the separation is overcome. Separation is overcome by union. It cannot be overcome by separating. The decision to unite must be unequivocal, or the mind itself is divided and not whole. Your mind is the means by which you determine your own condition because mind is the mechanism of decision. It is the power by which you separate or join and experience pain or joy accordingly. My decision cannot overcome yours because yours is as powerful as mine. If it were not so, the sons of God would be unequal. All things are possible through our joint decision, but mine alone cannot help you. Your will is as free as mine, and God himself would not go against it. I cannot will what God does not will. I can offer my strength to make yours invincible, but I cannot oppose your decision without competing with it and thereby violating God's will for you. Now, I don't want to get too heavy on that without a little bit of discussion, but if you really want to take a little time with that, the way I do this, and I put that chapter into practice quite a bit, when it says that it's a holy encounter whenever you're with a brother, the reason why it's important to do this type of mental mind work when you're with other people is because other people are the things that you and I use all day long to blame for all of our problems, and that's what keeps us separated, and that's what keeps us feeling like we're all alone against a big evil world. The reason I like that chapter in particular is this holy encounter. You can actually, when you meet someone, especially when you meet someone new, it's harder to do with someone that you see every day and that you've lived with for years. It's just harder to do it there. But if you meet someone new, just don't even think about what they're talking about or who they are or what kind of clothes they're wearing or what their occupation is. Just look at them and just say to yourself, I'm looking at my own thoughts and you know, none of this separation stuff is really real. We're in this together. And if you look at someone like that, it'll just change the whole tone of your day and it'll definitely change the conversation you're having with that person. That's it for Business Buzz today. It's a lovely 9-11. I hope you enjoyed some of the entertaining uh, opposing ways to think about things. And I also hope you listen to a little bit of the Holy Encounter news. I'll see you next time. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. KKXX, Paradise. K280GL, Chico. And K283AR. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Officials are trying to help people evacuate the areas where Hurricane Florence is expected to strike. Jeffrey Bayard, FEMA's Associate Administrator for Response and Recovery, says there are a lot of people in mandatory and voluntary evacuation zones in Virginia and the Carolinas. I know under uh, evacuation orders right now, roughly 
one and a half to 1.7 million people across the three states. And he warns that the hurricane will have broad and long-lasting effects. You know, water is the most powerful, uh, one of the most powerful elements we deal with. And when you, and not only the surge, but the inland flooding uh, impacts that could be realized are, are going to affect roads, bridges. They're going to affect wastewater plants. Uh, they're going to affect, uh, you know, power, obviously. Officials have issued a hurricane warning from South Santee River, South Carolina, to Duck, North Carolina, and the Albemarle and Pamlico Sounds. President Trump commemorated the 9-11 anniversary during a visit to the crash site of Flight 93. In a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, bells tolled and the names of Flight 93's 40 passengers and crew were read aloud. Todd M. Beamer. President Trump hailed the people aboard that flight for overtaking the hijackers. A band of brave patriots turned the tide on our nation's enemies and joined the immortal ranks.